Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to the Science of Kabbalah with your host, Rabbi Yitzhak Michelson and William Hall here on Israel News Talk Radio. Shalom everyone and welcome to the Science of Kabbalah. Sadly, this is the final show. And sadly, uh, William is not with me. I think he might have misunderstood a message that I sent him about this being our final show this week and maybe just thought we were done. So you're going to have to bear with me. This is a solo show. And I just want to start by thanking Tamar Yona, who I've worked with for the several years, doing many different shows, not just the science of Kabbalah, but working with her even way back when I started on Arucheva years ago, doing uh, Light to the Nations and doing Beyond the Matrix. It's been a wonderful time here on Israel News Talk Radio, but all good things come to an end and I have some other projects that I want to work on. And so going to be moving forward. As I've mentioned before, that I, I work with another rabbi, Rabbi Gedalia Flair, helping him with some of his video projects. So expanding that, but expanding my own video work working with Mordechai Ben Avraham, who's been on the show with me, starting a new project called White and Black Fire, which we started, which is a video project. You'll start seeing more content coming out on that. But today I want to sort of end the run here on Science of Kabbalah with a Kabbalistic show. But since we started out uh, with talking about creation at the very beginning when we first started Science of Kabbalah back, if you can believe it, three years ago on November 4th, 2018, we started talking about the the universe and how the universe started. I figured it would be great to end the show with talking about the end times, talking about Mashiach and the days of Mashiach and, and how that is structured and the framework of that from a Kabbalistic perspective. So we're going to get into different sources today on the show, uh, what the Jewish sources say, what the Talmud says, what some of the commentators say, and what the Kabbalah says about uh, the Jewish perspective on the end times, on what we call the days of Messiah or the days of Mashiach, and what the Mashiach looks like from a Jewish perspective. So stay with us. We're going to be back here after a short break on the Science of Kabbalah on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. The return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel was prophesied in the Bible thousands of years ago and is coming true today. Shalom. Join me, Josh Wander, on Israel Unplugged. Listen in as we delve into the spiritual and physical aspects of the Jewish return to Zion. We'll discuss the biblically mandated, historic, and of course practical understandings of this incredible transition from exile to redemption. That's Israel Unplugged, every Monday on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Science of Kabbalah with Rabbi Yitzhak Michelson and William Hall here on Israel News Talk Radio. 
So we're back here on the final segment of the Science of Kabbalah. Not the final segment, but actually our farewell show. Again, I want to thank everybody for being with us these last several years. It's been a, a wonderful time. And again, thanking Tamar Yona for, for having me on Israel News Talk Radio and for all her help over the years in encouraging uh, what I do. And I want to thank you, the listeners. I want to thank William Hall, especially for being my co-host here on The Science of Kabbalah. I want to also thank all my many guests over the years. I just, there's too many to name. I want to thank all of the people on Israel News Talk Radio. It's been a, a wonderful run. So I sort of teased and talked about the idea that we're going to talk about the end times and Mashiach from a Jewish perspective and a Kabbalistic perspective. And I've always mentioned the idea that I live in the city of Tzfat, Tzfat being a town high in the mountains in the north of Israel, where probably about, I want to say like 830 to 850 meters up, probably at about 3,000 feet. I believe we're probably the, the highest elevation of a, of a habited city in, in Israel. And it's also considered one of the four holy cities, the other the other cities are Hebron, which is related to earth, Yerushalayim, Jerusalem, which is related to fire, and Tiberias or Tiveria, which is uh, connected to water. Tzfat is associated with the element of air, and it's said that the air of the Holy Land makes one wise. And the Zohar which is obviously the primary source of um, Kabbalah, states that the air of Tzvat is the purest air in all of Israel. That in all of Israel, the pure air of Tzvat, and, and people find that when people come here, they're amazed at the quality of the air, not just in a spiritual sense, but in, in a physical sense, that you come here and the air is so fresh and it's so crisp, especially now that we're getting into winter. We didn't have so much of a fall this year. We sort of seemed like we went from the warm weather right into the cold weather. It's a little chilly here at night already here in uh, in December. We're already in the rainy season. And so when you're talking about the pure air, it's sort of no coincidence that the, the Ari, the holy Ari, the lion, Rav Yitzhak Luria, who is... is who, revealed some of the great depths of the Kabbalah while living here in the holy city of Tzvat. It's not unusual that, that this happened, that he was able to reveal that, the depths of Kabbalah here in this holy city. The Zohar also tells us that the Mashiach will first come in this area, in the Galil, in the area of the Galilee, which is uh, around, you also find Tiberias or Tiberia, that's where the Galil is, which is in the north here. And there's a commentary that's brought on the Zohar that actually states that this is actually referring to Tzfat, that the Mashiach will first come to Tzfat. Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Videbsk, he actually established the first Hasidic community in Tzfat, which was more than 200 years ago, but he ended up leaving. He ended up leaving Sfat. And, and this is connected to that idea of the pureness and the holiness of Sfat. He moved to Tiberias. 
And when they asked him why he moved, he told them that Sfat is so pure and holy that he couldn't sleep at night, that, that it, it's so pure and holy that he would hear heavenly voices. He would hear voices from Shemayim and he couldn't, he couldn't get a good night's sleep. So he finally had to leave. We know that the modern, the modern day Tzfat actually dates back to about the 16th century. And we have so many of the illustrious um, sages and Kabbalists, uh, Rabbi Yosef Karo, who wrote the Shulchan Aruch, which is the main compendium of Jewish law, wrote it here. We know that the Holy Ari that I talked about, Rabbi Yitzhak Gloria, revealed some of the greatest Kabbalistic secrets while writing here in Sfat, not far from where I live. The Zohar was written by uh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai in nearby Mount Maron, which I can see from my window as I'm speaking to you here in my little studio in the house. But I want to talk, as I said, on the subject that is often spoken about today. Uh, when people talk about redemption, when people are talking about um, redemption consciousness, or what we call geula consciousness, and people are talking about all the time the idea of Mashiach and that we're living in the end days, that we're living in the days of Mashiach. And of course, there's a famous verse in the book of Isaiah um, that everybody quotes and, and is read as part of our liturgy, as part of the Jewish liturgy, where it says, And the earth will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem, with the knowledge of God, as water covers the sea. So we have to ask ourselves, if that's the case, if that's what we want to see, what does the future hold for us? And so there's a Talmudic statement that the world will exist for 6,000 years. And then, and only then, after these 6,000 years, then we will enter into sort of a new state or a new um, structure. So if we think about it, we're currently living in the year 2021. And the year 2021 coincides with the, the current Hebrew year, which is 5782. And so if you think about it being 5782, and according to that Talmudic idea that the, the world will exist for 6,000 years, then this leaves us 218 years before what would be called the seventh millennium. And, and based on that, the Kabbalah explains that each millennium is connected to a divine day. And so think about it from this perspective. As we approach the seventh millennium, we're actually approaching a divine day. And what is that divine day? The Shabbat or the Sabbath. So a, a millennium sort of which will mirror Shabbat. So you, you sort of consider it like the six days of the week. And then the seventh day comes into Shabbat, just like we have in our physical world. We, as Jews, we, we celebrate uh, Shabbat on the seventh day. Six days are the, the mundane days of the week, and then we come into Shabbat. So that coincides with, in a spiritual sense and a Kabbalistic perspective, this idea of coming into this new state and this new state of it being a Shabbat. So to explain sort of what this means in, in the simplest sense, it, it's just what I said. The difference between weekdays and Shabbat is the creation of work to create space for 
spiritual development. So let's sort of now think about this sort of in a historical way. So we're talking about the 6,000 year history of mankind, which sort of represents um, everything leading to uh, our creativity and coming into this sort of seventh millennium that represents a step out of creation and into the realm of the creator. And this era is classically called the days of Mashiach. According to many of the classical Jewish sources, the Hebrew year 6000, which will be, which would take place on the sunset of the 29th of September in the year 2239, until nightfall of the 16th of September in the year 2240, at least looking at it on the Gregorian calendar, makes the latest time for the initiation of that messianic age. And so the Talmud and the Midrash and different Kabbalistic works and the Zohar, um, if you were to look at the Talmud, we'd look at the Masechet Rosh Hashanah, on page 31, side A, and also in Sanhedrin 97A, in in the Midrash, in Pirkei de Rebbe Eliezer, um, we see this. And also in the Zohar, in the Zohar on Parshat Vayera, page 119A. They, all of them talk about the date by which the Messiah must appear is 6,000 years from creation. And so, if you look at it according to tradition, which has the Hebrew calendar starting at the time of creation, placed at about 3161, I'm sorry. So, um, so according to tradition, the Hebrew calendar started at the time of creation and they placed this at 3761 BCE. And then you look at the current year, like we said, the Hebrew year being 5782. So based on that, the belief is that the seventh millennium will correspond to the Messianic age based on this universalized application of the concept of Shabbat, on this concept of the seventh day of the week, sanctified as the day of rest or the Shabbat in um, Judaism. And and different commentators have different things to say about this. Rashi talks about this. Ramban, who was Nachmanides, not to be confused with Ramban, Maimonides. Um, Rabbi Bachia, um, Rabbi Chaim Vital, who was the main scribe and student of the Ari HaKadosh, um, the Abarbanel, um, Rabbi Yaakov Kuli, who was known as the Ma'am Loaz, um, the Vilna Gon, um, many different commentators. So uh, we're going to have to go to a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about what these different commentators have to say about this. So stay with us. We'll be back after a short break here on the Science of Kabbalah on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. 
Hi, I'm Steve Miller. And I'm Matt Zucker. Join us for Lighten Up, where we take a look at the week's current events in Israel and from around the Jewish world through a humorous lens. If you've been paying attention during these crazy times, you know that it's a challenge to parody life anymore. But join Steve and I as we give it the old college try. Not only is being happy an obligation, but life is just too short to take it all so seriously. So join me, Steve Miller, and me, Matt Zucker, for Lighten Up every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Israel, only on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Science of Kabbalah with Rabbi Yitzchak Michelson and William Hall here on Israel News Talk Radio. Hey everyone, this is Rabbi Yitzhak, and we're back on the Science of Kabbalah here on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com with our final and farewell show. So we've been talking about the days of Bashiach and Kabbalah and the Kabbalistic perspective and what that means about the days of Mashiach. And we started talking about this whole idea of the 6,000 years that the world would exist according to the Talmud and how that leads us into the seventh millennium and comparing it to this idea of the six days of the week and then coming into the seventh day, which in our physical world is the Shabbat. And what that means from a spiritual perspective that we come into this seventh millennium, which is going to be the spiritual Shabbat and how this is spoken of in the sources as the days of Mashiach, or the era of the Messianic age. And I said that we have many different commentaries. We talked about the Talmud and the Midrash and the Zohar. And then I said there are the classic commentators that talk about these things as well. So Rashi, who is considered the, the most famous commentator on the Torah, so Rashi draws a parallel between the tranquility that's experienced presently on the seventh day of the week, which is the Shabbat. And anybody that knows, we have this period where we shut down for 25 to 26 hours, where everything shuts down, we don't do any work, and, and, it's, and it's really a time of rest. And this idea of tranquility that we're talking about. So he says that, that that's the same kind of tranquility that will sort of be experienced in the seventh millennium. And he talks about the Talmud coming from the Masechet of Vodazarah on page 9a, where it cites a teaching of the Academy of Eliyahu, Eliyahu Hanavi, Elijah the prophet, that says that the world will exist for 6,000 years. And then Rashi comments on this, that the world is decreed to last for 6,000 years as the days of the week. The seventh day of the week is Shabbat. So too, in the seventh millennium, there will be tranquility in the world. So that's Rashi. Then I said that the Ramban, Nachmanides, has something to say on this as well. And he, in one of his works called Sha'ar Hagmul, the Ramban writes that this sixth millennium will see the advent of the Mashiach, of the Messiah, 
And the seventh millennium will be the Shabbat of the world to come, of the Olam Haba, where, wherein the righteous will be resurrected and rejoice. And then he further writes that the scriptural verse in uh, Breshit, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 3, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, refers to his blessing the Olam Haba, blessing the world to come, which begins at the seventh millennium. Then I mentioned Rav Bachya, and so Rav Bachya, in his commentary on that same verse, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 3, Rabbeinu Bachya writes that the seventh millennium will follow the Messiah, the Mashiach, and the resurrection, and will be a time of great eternal delight for those who merit the resurrection. This being the case, he goes on to explain that just as one prepares during the six days of the week for the Shabbat, so too one should prepare during the 6,000 years for that seventh, for that millennium that will be the, the eternal or the spiritual Shabbat that we're talking about. Then I mentioned Rav Chaim Vital. Rav Chaim Vital, who I said was the great scribe and the, the main student of the Ari, of Rav Yitzhak Luria here in Sfat, he writes that whoever wants to know what will happen in the end of days should study the first seven days of creation. This is a very important teaching in, in the Kabbalah, that basically each day of creation represents a thousand years, and the seventh day, beginning in the year 6000, represents the day of rest. A very famous teaching from Rav Chaim Vital and very important teaching in the Kabbalah. The Abrabranel, um, who was known as Don Isaac Abrabranel, writes that similar to the structure of the week of creation, so too the world will exist for 6,000 years with the seventh millennium being a hefsek, a break, and a shvita, a rest, like Shabbat, like Shemitah and Yovel. Another important teaching, especially and interesting, because we're currently in a Shemitah year in Israel. Shemitah is, is when the, the land lays fallow, where Jewish farmers no longer work on the land, and so we, uh, we eat produce from the sixth year, or you have a situation where some Jewish farmers will have other people that will work the land and they will act as employees, sort of receiving um, wages so that, um, so that there still will be produce provided. And then there's something called Heter Mechira, where uh, sort of another very uh, interesting way in which produce can, can, um, can come forth from the land through non-Jews and then, of course, there's then a situation where produce is brought in from outside of Israel, where foreign produce comes in. And so people follow different levels of, uh, of how they, they keep Shemitah. There are people who will only sort of buy produce from those Jewish farmers in order to support the Jewish farmers that are letting their land lay uh, not be used during the year. There are some people that hold by Hetemechir and some people that won't do that at all. And then, of course, like even supermarkets here, supermarkets 
usually will bring produce in from outside of the land of Israel so that people can have fruits and vegetables and produce during a, a Shemitah year. So, but a, a lot of the classic commentators talk about this idea that not only relating to the idea of the Shabbat rest coming into the seventh millennium, but also connect this to Shemitah as well. And then I mentioned Rabbi Yaakov Kuli, who's known as the Ma'amlo, as many of the rabbis are called by names related to Sfarim, uh, books that they wrote. And his famed work is called the Ma'amloas. And in the section elaborating on the parallels between the exodus from Egypt and the final redemption, he writes this. He says, it seems logical to assume that prayers said today for the redemption are more acceptable than those said in earlier times. He said in earlier times, the redemption was far in the future. Therefore, in order for their prayers to to have any effect, people had to pray intensely. He said in those days, people were a thousand years from the time in which the redemption had to take place. Now, however, we are only 500 or 200 years away from the time. And the closer it comes, the easier it is for prayers to be accepted. And then in a footnote to this, um, we have Rabbi Arya Kaplan writes, this was written in 5492, which was um, the year 1732 on the Gregorian calendar. So since there was a tradition that the Messiah would have to come before the year 6000, um, before 2240, there were only 500 years left until the redemption would have come. And there was also a tradition that redemption would have to begin after two, 200 years. That is by the year 5700, which is 1940, this would seem to lend support to the, the contention that the formation of the modern state of Israel would sort of usher in the beginning of that redemption. So that's just a footnote from Rav Arya Kaplan, who was a modern-day um, Kabbalist and, and a, a brilliant, brilliant teacher who we lost way too soon. That my close friend, Rabbi Gadalia Flair, that I mentioned that I work with, that uh, that I'm doing video work with, who is considered also one of the experts on Kabbalah and Hasidut, um, was a close friend of uh, Rabbi Arya Kaplan for 30 years before he was uh, taken from us. And then there's the Vilna Gaon. And the Vilna Gaon writes that each day of creation alludes to a thousand years of our existence, and every little detail that occurred on these days will have its corresponding event happen at the proportionate time during its millennium. The Igvot Mashiach, the footsteps of Messiah, began the first hour of Friday morning in the sixth millennium, that is the year 500, from nightfall of October 14th, 1739, until nightfall of September 22nd, 1740, and from hour to hour, the footsteps have continued to progress from many aspects. So he, he also was talking around the same time as the Ma'amloas that we just were quoting. And the Vilna Gaon thought at that time, you know, around the year 1739, 1740, 
that these footsteps, what we call the Igvot Mashiach, the Igvot Mashiach, um, uh, which are the footsteps of Messiah, had already begun at that time. So here we are talking about from 1739 to 2021, several hundred years later, um, and now so many people think that here we are, not only in the footsteps of Messiah, but we're talking about the uh, actually the idea of redemption coming so and so soon, and, and may we see that soon. So we have one more segment to go here. We're going to have to take a break, but we're going to come back in the final segment on this final and farewell show of Science of Kabbalah. So stay with us. We'll be right back here after a short break. Are you tired of political correctness and the fear that you might offend someone? I'm not afraid to offend you. Wow, look who's talking tough. One has to be tough to keep sane today. Hi, I'm Alan Skorsky. And I'm Bela Seabrow. And join us every Wednesday for The Definitive Wrap as we interview the most sought-after guests and expose progressive trends that masquerade as enlightenment but actually destroy our freedoms. We are the No Wolf Zone, so buckle up for this exciting show. Buckling up, but I'm driving. <laughs> sure, you can drive, but I'm the navigator. Tune in for the No Nonsense, the definitive rap show, every Wednesday on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Science of Kabbalah with Rabbi Yitzchak Michelson and William Hall here on Israel News Talk Radio. So here we are, everybody, in the final segment of the Science of Kabbalah on our final show. And a farewell to everyone. It's been a great time. So before the break, I was talking about some of the commentaries on this idea of the Mashiach and as it relates to the final redemption and as it relates to the Shabbat. We have a few more that I need to go through. We end it off with the Vilna Gaon, and the Vilna Gaon had a few more things to say. He continued to say, as is known, every hour consists of 41 years and eight months, counting from the time that bonds on the Messiah's heels were loosened, as it says, according to Tehillim, according to Psalm 116, you have loosened my bonds. And then it goes on to say in uh, Psalm 81, a decree he declared it for Yosef. I delivered his shoulder from the burden. His palms were loosed from the hold. He goes on and he, he makes these calculations saying that beginning with the second hour, from 5541, which was the year 1781, the entire house of Israel took the stage, both as a whole and with regard to each individual member of the nation, as an order from above of Messiah, of the beginning of redemption, namely Mashiach ben Yosef, Messiah, son of Yosef. That's very important because the Vilna Gaon was the author of another work called Kol Hator, The Voice of the Turtle Dove, which is an entire work dedicated to the concept of Mashiach ben Yosef. I, we don't have time for me to go into that idea, but there, there is the concept of the two messiahs in Judaism, Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. 
Mashiach ben Yosef coming first, being sort of the the warrior Messiah that comes and does battle on behalf of Israel. He is slain in battle, and then Mashiach ben David comes, and Mashiach ben Yosef is resurrected. Now, I have to say, I did a, a video on this, and I have it up on my YouTube channel on this concept so that people are not confused by this. And I often say, uh, and I'll just say this shortly, that the, 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 the vast difference between Judaism and Christianity on this subject and, and, why, and why Jews don't believe in Jesus as the Messiah can be brought out of this concept of the two messiahs. Very simply, Mashiach ben Yosef is called Mashiach ben Yosef because he is from Yosef. He comes from the tribe of Ephraim, that's through Yosef, whereas Mashiach ben David, we know, has to come through the line of David and specifically through Shlomo HaMelech, through King Solomon, according to what Hashem tells us in the Tanakh. So you can't have um, a person that's from two different tribes. He either has to be from <laughs> the Mashiach ben David, comes from Yehuda, from the tribe of Judah, and the Mashiach ben Yosef comes from the tribe of Ephraim. So therefore, those two messiahs in Judaism are com two completely different people. It can't be that uh, he first came as Messiah, son of Yosef, and then he's coming back as Mashiach ben David. That doesn't work because one person can't be from two different tribes in Judaism. So I hope that uh, settles that for some people. Then we come to the Ramchal. The Ramchal simply states that the Shabbat millennium will be a time of rest, which will be merited by the righteous. This is said by many commentators. And then in a more modern take, we have the Lubavitcher Rebbe, who was Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson. He explained that upon reaching the year, the Hebrew year, 5750, which was 1989, the millennial time clock had reached the time of the eve of Shabbat, Erev Shabbat. And he based this on the teaching of the Talmud, which states that 1,000 human years is equivalent to one day in the eyes of the Creator, which in turn is based on a verse in Tehillim in, in Psalm uh, 90, where it says, For 1,000 years in your eyes are but a day that is past. Therefore, given that one human time millennium is equal to one cosmic day, the human time, seventh millennium, is equivalent to the seventh cosmic day, which is the Shabbat, or the Messianic age. And so given that the Jewish day begins at nightfall, the year 5750 represented 12 p.m. midday on this millennial Friday, and he even they even have a, a whole chart on this. That, that you can look up that, uh, that is based on this teaching of the Lubavitcher Rebbe because he maintained that the Mashiach must arrive at or before the onset of Shabbat in that year 6000 that we're talking about. And so just to kind of give you an idea of, uh, of the chart, if you want to look it up, so the chart is based on the year, starts with the, the Hebrew year 5000, which was 1239 CE, the year 5250, which was be 1489, the year 5500, which would be 1739, the year 5750, which was 1989, which we just talked about, Shabbat Eve, 
the year 5770, which was the year 2009, which has passed, would be 1230 on Shabbat Eve. And then the year 6000, as we mentioned earlier in the show, corresponding to the year 2239, would be around 6 p.m. Erev Shabbat in the year 6000, the year that we're talking about. And so when we talk about the English year, which is 2021, corresponding to the current Hebrew year, which is 5782. So this marks around uh, a time in the afternoon on this millennial Friday that we're talking about. And according to Jewish law in Halakha, we have a half hour past midday, or what we call Mincha Gedola, marks the time on Friday afternoon when the influence of Shabbat begins. And then, of course, some Jewish authorities forbid even doing any business or, or being open past that point after Mincha Gedola. And then another sort of modern take on this comes from Rav Shlomo Eliashiv, who is a Kabbalist and a grandfather of Rabbi Yosef Eliashiv, who's one of our great rabbis here in Israel. And he writes in Jushe Olam Atohu, he says, this is why so much time must transpire from the time of creation until the time of Tikkun. Tikkun being correction, and he's talking about the coming of Mashiach. He says, all the forces of Gevurot, which are strict judgment, are rooted in the six Sfirot, Chesed, Gevurot, Teferet, Netzach, Hod, and Yesod, which are the six days of creation, and also the 6,000 years of history that the world will exist. And within those Sfirot are the roots of all that will happen from the six days of creation until the final Tikkun, until the final repair or the final correction. We find that all that transpires is the result of the sparks from the time of Tohu, from the time of chaos. And then the final one um, that I want to bring, who I mentioned before, was Rabbi Arya Kaplan of Blessed Memory. Also, he says, never before has mankind been faced with such a wide range of possibilities. Never before has it had such tremendous power at its disposal to use for good or evil. We need not belabor the point, but the past hundred years or so have brought about an increase in knowledge unsurpassed in all human history. The ultimate goal of the historic process is the perfection of society, is what we call the Messianic Age. Almost 2,000 years ago, the Zohar predicted in the 6,000 year of the 6,000, the gates of wisdom on high and the wellsprings of lower wisdom will be opened. This will prepare the world to enter the 7,000, just as man prepares himself towards sunset on Friday for the Sabbath. It is the same here. And a mnemonic for this is found in Genesis 7:11. In the 600 year, all the foundations of the great deep were split. He says, here we see a clear prediction that in the Jewish year 5600 or 1840, the wellsprings of lower wisdom would be opened and there would be a sudden expansion of secular knowledge. Now, if you go and you know anything about your history, you will go and you will find that 
the year 1840 corresponds around the time when the Industrial Revolution took place. So it's not surprising that this Industrial Revolution took place around the same time that we're seeing the idea of the wellsprings of wisdom being open. And look what we have today, everybody. We have a situation where the knowledge of Torah is available in such an amazing way. There has been no time in history, and you can open up applications, you can go to websites like Safaria, you can go to websites like Al HaTorah, and you can go to these places and you can find all of these sources I mentioned. You can find, but there are some that are even translating these incredible works into English. So here we are. Everyone needs to focus on this. And I'll just say this in closing. I want to thank everyone again. I hope you've learned something over these last three years. I've been so happy to share this journey with you. Don't fall back, move forward, take steps forward, learn, be prepared. As we prepare, as we're in these footsteps of Messiah, as we get closer and closer to redemption, prepare yourselves for the ultimate Shabbat. Prepare yourselves for the Olam Haba. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Tamar. Thank you, Israel News Talk Radio. It's been my great pleasure. I wish you nothing but love, success, peace, good health, and happiness. Shalom. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dachs, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dachs from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.